0: audio is from Deering Christian Church. Join us Sunday mornings at either 9 or 10.30 a.m. All right, first and third grade gone. Bailey did announcements. She did a great job. I think we might have somebody found to do announcements now, guys, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Um, Last several, uh, last several months we've been uh, looking through the book of Acts, you know that if you've been here, if you haven't, uh, well we're going to be in Acts 9 today, you just go back, uh, spend a little reading time the next you know, week or so, uh, backtracking a little bit and get yourselves caught up. Um, the church has started, the church was born, the Holy Spirit came, the, the helper came, energized everything, uh, Peter preached the first gospel message, they were broken To their cores, those that were in the audience and and listening, they asked what we must do. He said, repent and be baptized. Um, So that was taking place. The church was energized. The believers were meeting together. They were eating together. They were serving together. They were seeking God together. They were sharing the gospel message with those who needed it together. Peter kind of takes a background. Then we move on to Stephen. He becomes front and sinner. Kind of see what's going on in Stephen's life. He would become the first martyr. Then Philip is on the scene. We looked at that a couple weeks ago. Um, Preached through uh, Philip and the Ethiopian and the Ethiopian's conversion and interaction with Philip and Philip's ministry uh, to to, um, not just the Jewish people as the ministry started to shift just a little bit. And then Paul's on the scene. Uh, Paul's name was Saul and you know there was a conversion that took place last week, and when you mentioned the book uh, or the chapter Acts nine, uh, probably if you know a timeline of Acts is anywhere in your mind, that's what you're going to you know pick up on quickly. Is okay? We're talking about Paul's conversion. Well, Paul's conversion was last week. If you if you weren't here, um, go back and, and grab it. it. Should be on YouTube. And and once Jamie gets back, he'll update some of the podcast stuff, and those messages will be back up and going there. So. Uh, Paul's conversions take place he's kind of come to the church and the church is you know they they wasn't quite a warm welcome right because they're kind of terrified of this guy and the reputation that is you know kind of traveling with him but through his actions and and through his words and through um, you know the co-signing of other people who are experiencing it he is you know welcome in um, and kind of right in the middle of things and then what happens is this guy, Peter, is back on the scene. He's back on the scene. So we haven't heard much about him for a while. He's you know, kind of been not just in the background. We just haven't heard anything about him. We moved on to these other characters. And uh, today, Peter's going to be back on the scene. But let's, uh, let me ask you something. Where's my, where's my stick-to-the-plan people? My stick-to-the-plan people? And I'm willing to bet that you know, there's a chunk of this room that is my stick-to-the-plan type people, Okay? Um, I am one of those stick-to-the-plan type of people, and God knew that I needed a mate that was a little more spontaneous because she was like, bro, you're kind of boring now, okay? Like, I was like, no, 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 we're working the plan here. This is not boring. This is, you know, we got an action plan. I'm all about action plans, okay? We're working the plan, okay? Maybe it has something to do with my past. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know, but I'm working the plan, okay? That's what I'm doing. Working the plan, working the plan. In your marriage, I don't know, maybe it's in your friendships. Do you identify and do you see, you know, I'm more of a stick to it, stick to the plan type of person, or I'm more of the spontaneous type of person. Man yeah, you? Judge for yourselves. Look at yourselves, be honest with yourselves. you know that's kind of me, that's kind of me. I'm not picking on either one of them, okay? Because some of us, we need a little spontaneity in our lives. okay? So thank you for that. And some of you, you need a little stick to the plan in your life, okay? And for you young people in the room, when it comes to dating and going out on dates, some of us married people have, there's some of us, okay, let me say this, there's some of you, you can just leave your house, you can say, hey, let's just get in the car and go somewhere, and you just figure it out as it goes, okay, and it's great and good for you, okay, (laughs) but there's some of us that we better have a plan before we even get on the road, okay. Because I will drive this car right by that plane until we decide what we're getting ready to do. (laughs) Because I don't work like that, you know? And some of you know, and so you youngins, maybe the no stairs, you know, decide what you're gonna do. Don't get, you get all jammed up when you get in the middle of that. You set yourself up for something weird, okay? Just set yourself up for some success and work the plan. Work the plan. Um, Working out? I, you know, you, you, you set you set, you know, a plan to work out and you wanna you know, you wanna get fit or I don't know what you wanna do, you know, you wanna do something like that, you're gonna need to work the plan, right? I my plan got messed up during, you know, that week of week or my week, month of camp stuff, you know, it's good to do a little jogging, but it's hot now. It's gonna be real hot this week. So I'm glad to be traveling with high school students. So you know I'm not I don't even know if I can be tempted to go out and run when it's hundred and ten degrees outside, but dieting right like it's one thing to set and do the research and make the plan and everything but I really like cake I really don't like running but I really like cake and so running helps me with my you know what other things that I like but when it comes to dieting if we're going to diet we have to you know work the plan if the plan is going to work out for us um working on something financial whatever it is you want to pay something off you want to buy something you want to plan for something you want to do something you want to take a trip for something you know you're gonna you know set down map it out and then work the plan work the plan because if, if you're not going to work the plan if there's no stick-to-itiveness there there's no discipline there okay there's no goal go back to the plan because there's always going to be something hey i got an idea we'll work in the plan okay <laughs> you know how this goes you know maybe it's education not just you young people, but all of us, you know. There's something, something we want to get certified in. You want to get ed- educated in, you know. And you map it out and you're like, hey, we'll, we're going to work this plan and we're going to get to this point. Acts 9, 32 through 43, probably the, the part of Acts 9 that does not get as much attention, okay. Like I said already, we're, we're following the conversion of Paul. And man. You know, and then this is on the backside. It's like this other story tucked in before things ramp back up again. Because some things is getting ready to take place. I'll be reading on the New American Standard if you want to follow along. It'll be on screen, but uh, if you want to follow along, follow along. Um, okay. And now Peter was traveling uh, through all those regions. He also came down to the saints who lived at Lydda. And then he found a man named Ianaeus. Who had been bedridden for eight years because he was paralyzed. Peter said to him, Ianaeus, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, make your bed. Immediately he got up, and all those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now in Joppa, this is verse 36, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which, when translated, means Dorcas. This woman was excelling in acts of kindness and charity with Uh, which she did habitually. But it happened at the time that she became sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they had laid it up in the upstairs room. Since Little was near Joppa, and the disciples having heard that Peter was there, sent men to him, urging him, do not delay in coming to us. So Peter got ready and went with them. When he arrived, they brought him into the room upstairs, and all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. But Peter sent them all out, knelt down and prayed, and turned to the body. He said, Tabitha, arise. When she opened her eyes and she saw Peter, she sat up and gave her his hand and raised her up. And calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. It became known all over Joppa. And many believers in the Lord, uh, and many believed in the Lord, and Peter stayed in Joppa many days with a tanner named Simon. All right, pull us through that text, there's a few things in that text that do pop out to me. There's a few things in that text that do pop out to me, one of which I, I think let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about it right, right, right out of the gate. So obviously there's a couple things that took place here. It's, it's, it's a big deal, right? It's a big deal. What, what, do, you, what do you see? Well, well, I see healings and miracles, okay? That's what I see right, 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 out of, right out of the gate. Like that's what's going on here in the text. Like these things just took place. These things just took place. It sounds a whole lot like some things that I've heard before, though. If you think about the stories and think about what's taking place, but we'll get there here in a minute. Miracles and healings, that's it. Interesting topic, right? I don't know about you, but for me, there are difficult things that take place in life, some of them self inflicted some of them life right just life and circumstances of life Maybe I just put myself in these situations, maybe God puts me in the middle of them I don't know, but I feel like I you know end up in some circumstances sometimes where Uh, I don't know what else to do here except for pray for healing right now. I, I, I don't know, we just need to offer this to God, right? And why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we continue to live that way? Just invite God in and ask God, God, this is difficult and this hurts and we don't know what to do here or why this is taking place. But God, we would pray miraculously that you would do something here miraculously, that you would heal this person, heal this situation, heal this marriage, heal this illness, heal this addiction. God, that you would intervene into this, and any time things like that happen, I'm going to call it a miracle. Maybe people define miracle a little different these days. But I think any time that God is at work, it's miraculous. It's miraculous. Here's the thing that gets us jammed up sometimes, though. Because God's response throughout scripture to our requests are this. It's one of three things. Yes, no, or not now. Yes, no, or not now. And just like we were little kids and we're like, hey, can we, uh, can we, uh..." and now our parents, they might have had a reason, you know, they're like. No, the answer is no, because you don't understand what's going to happen, this and this and this, and you're like, I just wanted the information, I don't need to know the why. And some of you were really, really, you wanted to know the why, okay? You needed to know the why. But here's the reality, is we don't know the why behind how God works, when he works, and what he works. All we know is that he works to glorify him. All the healings and all the miracles, they're all to glorify him. But when we're dealing with us, we like us some comfort. We're in conditioned air right now. Praise the Lord. It feels good. You're going to seek out some conditioned air this week. I promise you, okay? And you should praise the Lord for it while you're enjoying it. Because we like us some comfort. But the thing is, is God, God is not to, he's not here, he, his job is not to serve us. Our job is to serve him. Okay? And so sometimes, because we like us some us and we like us some comfort, as we're presenting to God, there can be some frustration that takes place. We're all in the middle of that. And it's okay to begin to say, why? Why not? I don't, I don't understand. I, I'm, I mean, I'll, I've set and I've, I've held a couple and watched their kid die. I'd never want to have to go through anything like that again. And you better believe that when I walked away from it, I thought, God, I don't know how you're going to be glorified through this, but I know that you will. But this sucks, and it's terrible. And I am heartbroken, and they're heartbroken, and we presented, we we are begging you and, and calling out to you. all Jesus' miracles, all Jesus' healings, they weren't about the comfort of people. They were all about proclaiming his name and his deity. And we have to come to that when we, look at, when we look at accounts of healings and miracles in scripture. We have to go back to that when we look at our own life and our own frustrations and the things that are going on. We have to, we have to go back and we have to look at that or else I think sometimes it can jam us up. here's what we can know it's all for his glory it's all for his glory that he said pick up your mat and get on wink wink and don't tell anybody because he knew he knew there's no way there's no way that they can be quiet about this no way no way The problem is though sometimes we're so concerned and focused on our circumstances right here that the circumstance of eternity it's so far in the background and his primary concern is eternity and not circumstance right here but he works in circumstance right here okay so that so that we pay attention to the eternity now God's at work God's at work and you know it. and we're here together because God's at work. He's at work. In the brown household, uh, we're, we're a praying household. Hope you're a praying household. We, uh, we, pray, we pray big praise, big praise. We pray big prayers sometimes, okay? When we don't know what to do, when we don't know where to go, when ends are not going to be met, when circumstances are difficult when we're butting heads, when me as a dad has acted not like God would want me to act, we pray. We pray. We pray for direction. We pray for wisdom. We pray for understanding. We pray for comfort. And we pray for healing. We pray for those things. If you're here today and you're burdened in any way, maybe there's something that it's just it's been bur- burdening you for years i want to encourage you to trust god and to put it at the foot of the cross we're not going to have a moment or anything like that where that takes place but maybe that's what maybe that's the business that needs to be happening right now where you're at i, I don't know Maybe there's something that you've been struggling with and you've been dealing with, and it has just absolutely been taxing your soul. You can trust God. You can trust God with it. Maybe maybe it's a sin. It's burdening you because it's been a sin that has been repetitive for years and years and years. And you don't know what to do with it, and you're tired of it. And it's continually holding you in a place. Give it to God. Give it to God. Oh, he can handle it. He can handle your frustration. He can handle your fear. He can handle whatever kind of disappointment you think you are. He loves you and he sent his son to die for that. But he's also given us a plan. He's given us a place for our burdens, and it's him. He's given us a plan for our sin, and it's it's Jesus the Christ. He's put elders in a church not for the business aspect of the church. And yes, in church leadership there are some business things. But church leadership is not about business. Unless it's spiritual. Maybe, Maybe what you need to do is you need to go to the church elders and you need to say, this is a situation in my life and I just, I... We need you as a couple, as a family. We, I need you as, to just, will you just put your hands on me and just pray for us and pray for this situation? Maybe you need to take that sin to, that, to a brother or sister in Christ like James shows us and, and confess that to them and have them pray for you And we utilize our brothers and sisters in Christ and we utilize spiritual leadership in life and we stop lone rangering this walk with the Lord. It said that the early church met together daily. So that was kind of a side note. Because that's just what I first see when I look at the text. That's just what I first see. But I actually think this text is about something else. That's what I think. That's what I think and that's what I see when I look at the text a little bit deeper. We see these miracles. We see these healings. They look oddly familiar. Oddly familiar. It's like, is this a rerun? here's what I think. And I don't usually insert a whole lot of, well, this is what I think. Because, you know, people just like to chew that stuff up and, you know, do whatever they want to do with it, you know, but this is what I think. I think Peter's back on the scene now and we haven't heard from Peter for a moment. And knowing what I know about Peter and what we can see about Peter's life in the past, Peter was a fisherman. He was on a boat. Jesus called him off of that boat and away from that job and away from that lifestyle to a different lifestyle. Then we find Peter on a boat again. So Peter's back on a boat. Well, this time there's a storm. You remember the story, right? Jesus was there. And then he would be out of the boat with Jesus again. And then Jesus, his, his, his friend, his teacher, his rabbi, I don't think at this point he even fully, he he didn't fully understand what's going on. There's no way. They were all very, very confused about what was going on. They kept thinking a political movement was at hand, and Jesus was like, Man, I don't even know. I can't, I'm gonna have to draw pictures, so you know. And Peter's in a boat fishing again. Peter's in a boat fishing again. Now I don't know if he was board fishing, okay? I don't know if he was trying to make ends meet fishing. I don't know, but this is, what I, this is what we can know from the text. That Peter was a fisherman, that's where he was. And that's where Jesus met him, okay? That's where he met Jesus. That's where they intersected. And Jesus called him away from that, and he went back to it. And then Jesus well, showed up, and you know they go away from it again, and then, and then he's back in the boat fishing again. But this, that last time, That last time, when he went to have breakfast on the bank, you know, when he jumped over and he swam, that time, he never went back to the boat. Not just recorded in scripture. He never went and fished again. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I look at this, knowing that about Peter's life, knowing that Peter was prone, Okay. To go back to what he knew, he would just go back to what he knew. Just like sometimes we're very, very prone to. I'm bored. I'm lost. I don't know what purpose is right now. I don't know what God wants for me right now. It's very, very easy to go back to whatever we knew some other time. Right? Those addictions they sleep in. They 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 sneak in. Those issues they sneak in. Those distractions they sneak in. Those hobbies. Maybe Peter was just hobby fishing. You know. He's just wasting time. I don't know. I don't know what, I, I don't know. But what we know is that we don't see recorded that he went back to the boat and fished any longer. We don't see that. Here's what I think. We're dealing with the same Peter. Well, now he's been given the keys and the mouthpiece to the kingdom. we haven't heard nothing about what he's up to for a little while and all of a sudden Peter's back on the scene here's what I think I think Peter is a lot like you and I and I know me and I know sometimes it's easy to not understand what exactly God wants me to do right now I don't know about you So you know what Peter does? He doesn't go back to the boat. He doesn't go back to the past. He does exactly what Jesus showed him to do. That's what he does. He works the plan. He works the new plan. He does exactly what Jesus has showed him an example to him to do. Anyone ever been there? You ever had those feelings of just uncertainty or just kind of lost or distracted, distant, unsure of your purpose and direction and just, I just don't, I just don't know. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I don't know what God exactly wants me to be doing right now. I mean, I have been there and I can say that. I'm guessing I'm in a room full of other people that probably at some point have been in those Similar situations. Maybe even you're in that spot right now. Right now. And like a recovering addict works his plan, Peter works the plan. That's what Peter does. He works the plan. I think this text is about imitating Christ. That's what I think this text is about. I think it's about imitating Christ. We have two different examples here. The first is Peter. Peter, he was traveling and preaching just like Jesus had taught him. He didn't go back to the past. You know, he's off of the scene. He's in the background for a while. We don't know what he's doing. He's just, in the past, Peter always went back. But this time, he doesn't. He's no longer going back. Now he's working plan. He's imitating exactly what Jesus taught him. And he's working it out. He's traveling. He's preaching just how Jesus taught him. He's seeing hurting people. And he's healing them just how Jesus taught him. He's even doing it in the same manner in which Jesus had taught him. Pick up your mat. You're healed. Like have we heard that before? Where have we heard that before? Where did, where did Peter learn that? From Jesus. from Jesus. Jairus' daughter, Lazarus. You remember, they sent help to Jesus. Jesus came. He sent people out and he healed them. He healed them so that he could be glorified. like deja vu here a little bit. Peter is living out the exact example that Christ showed him. He's imitating Jesus. I don't think that, Jesus, that, that Peter knew exactly what to do when he got stuck either. But I think that he, from what we can see in Scripture, He relied and was obedient and was focused on living for Christ and working that plan. The addictions and the distractions and the hobbies, they they went to the background. They went to the background. And in obedience, he served the Lord, how he had been instructed and how he'd been shown. Just how he'd been instructed and been shown. And in both of those instances, God's name, was lifted up and made made famous. And people came to know him, and he was glorified. It doesn't say Peter was glorified. Peter went to live with the tanner. That's another story, okay? The second character, Tabitha. Her Greek name Dorcas, I know, that's kind of weird, right? It's also Gazelle. Gazelle is another one, you know? So maybe she had some eyes on her, I don't know. Or maybe she could just, you know, kind of gallop. I don't. I don't really know, you know? I don't know. But here's what I do know, is we know nothing about her speech. Nothing. We don't know anything she said. Nothing. Isn't that crazy? We know that she was, Scripture says, disciple right beside her name, right? Right? But here's what we know is we know that she served loudly. She served loudly. Tabitha was a devoted follower. She was a devoted follower. The text says "disciple." She had a determination to be like her teacher. She was determined to be like her teacher. That's how she lived her life. Her life was changed and she was living for the Lord, imitating Jesus. Luke six forty says, the disciple is not above his teacher, but when fully trained will be like his teacher. I see that that was, that was Tabitha's desire to be like her teacher. Mistaken identity. You ever, been, uh, you ever had a case of mistaken identity in your life? You ever been mistaken for anyone else? Story time. So I was like, right, you know, towards the end of high school time, pulled over in the town that I grew up in, asked to step out of the cop car by sheriff's department, um, put handcuffs on, okay, and was like, oh my goodness, this is a, this is a bad this is a bad deal right here, you know, like there's people to see. I mean, my mom's gonna know before I get home today, you know, and. This time I wasn't even I wasn't even doing anything, you know, and and then they came back. They called for backup, you know, and then they then they both come up and they're like, "Hey, we're real sorry about this. There's somebody with your exact name was a war, was an active out for them right now. You're not that person, okay? And we're sorry, uh, sorry we detained you. We're going to let you go. Mistaken identity. Mistaken identity. Ladies, I have a question for you. Has anybody ever looked at you and said like? You look just like an actress. Just like an actress. And maybe they said a name. Anybody? And for some of you, that's taken place. And you heard that and you were like, i too, I'm an actress. I like that, you know? And you just had a little different, little different step in you. And you're like, hmm, my hair looks good today, you know? Mistaken identity. You know, a mistaken identity, somebody could say, "Hey, you look like," and it's kind of a burn, right? You're like, "No, I, my hair's way better than that, man. I've, I've been working out like, come on, they're heavier than me, they're whatever, you know? Like I don't dress like that. I, you know. Mistaken identity can also be a compliment, right? It can also be a compliment. I can't think of a better compliment than to be identified as a Jesus follower. Right? We don't know anything Tabitha said. We just know what she did. And she was identified as a Jesus follower. And my challenge for us is as we live that way, let, not, let it not be a case of mistaken identity. You follow? Let it be there's something different. Why would they give up their time? Why would they, why would they give up their resources here? Why would, they, why would they be in this situation with me? And I think, I think, uh, they just did. They just started to talk about Jesus to me and i and i wanted to talk about that today i just didn't know how to bring it up so are you are you like a christian or something yeah yeah i am she was a doer of deeds she was a doer of deeds she seen me she seen needs and she met them she seen needs, and she met them. Question for you. When you see situations and hardships in life and things taking place in life, the, the miscarriage, the, the marriage on the rocks, the parents with the wayward child, the situation in, the, in that work environment, the financial strain, The cancer, the accident, when you see those types of things going on, the loss of a loved one, why is it that our first instinct there is to say something like, uh, do you think that we should, do you think we should check in with them? Like, I don't know, do you think we should check in with them? Have you ever been frustrated that somebody checked in with you? Like have you actually have you ever been mad about the casserole? I'm not saying you enjoyed the casserole, okay? I'm just saying was you mad that it showed up? Was you mad that they came and they sat to listen? Was you mad that they showed up and they stood in the corner of the hospital room? Was you mad that they reached out and said is there any if there's anything ever, ever, that we can do. Was you mad that they said, hey, just, just here to just pray with you about this. I'm, I'm real sorry. I'm real sorry. I'm just here to just listen. Was you ever mad about it? No, of course you wasn't. Why would you be mad about it, right? Like they went out of their way. Why is it so often in those situations Netflix is on or whatever, you know, and Facebook is open and and the first thing, you know, Snapchat's open and the first thing that's like, hey, do you, do you think we should, like if you're there already, like we're already not reacting like Jesus would react, right? Like we're trying to talk ourselves out of it, right? Like, "Eh, I don't, I don't, like I don't, I don't really have anything, you got Jesus, right like what else do you, what else do you need you absolutely have something to offer you go and you be there that's what you do that's what you do you go you be you listen you stand in the corner of the room you take the casserole always take the casserole okay you show up with the card you don't have to have anything to say there's nothing you can probably say anyways you be there you see, Tabitha was a doer of deeds, a doer of, of of deeds, and she seen the hurting, and she showed up, and she visited, and she took stuff, and her answer was yes, always yes. I have a friend in ministry; he was in ministry, and he got let go from a church several years ago, and it, it, he didn't do anything. It was kind of a, it was a personality thing. It was just a difficult situation, you know, and. He's been, he's been hurt, like he's been, he's been really hurt and frustrated. I don't want anything to do with ministry, and I don't even know if I want anything to do with God, like, like he sacrificed in that situation, and, and man, he was hurt, and you know, we've kind of remained friends over time, and, and he came to, you know, this, this church reached out to him. Um, it's been a, a while back that they reached out to him, and they're like, hey, we're, we would love to, to have a guy like you on staff here. Would you be interested in that? No. They prayed about it as a couple. They they reached out to a couple different people and like I just so I'm so scared and I'm so I'm so hurt and I and I just don't know and you know what they did? They they applied for the job. You know what happened? They never heard anything back. They never heard anything back. And as we shared and we shared in that heartache and, they, and this couple explained that scenario to me. You know what I heard? I heard you You were willing. That's what I heard. You didn't tell God no. That's what I heard. And sometimes when life happens and scenarios are happening around us, it's just so much easier to tell God no and I'm busy right now and it ain't my problem than to say, yeah, Now he's going to, He'll do what he wants with you, yeah, okay? And it might be what you want, and it might not be what you want at all, and you might be like, holy cow, I don't even know, like where, how did I even get in the middle of this deal? And every once in a while, I feel like that when I drive to this building, you know? But Tabitha knew this. She knew that she was saved to serve. She knew that. She knew that, and so are you. If you're in a personal relationship with Jesus, you've been saved to serve, not to be served. Three, she helped the hurting. So her ministry was dominantly focused on widows, widows and those that couldn't take care of themselves because they couldn't take care of themselves, and she's seen it. And we don't know if she was a widow or not. Some commentators would say, yeah, that she was probably a widow, and some would say, we don't know we just don't really know. And it's like she's a picture of Proverbs 31. Says so she puts her hands to the to the staff, she uh, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor. She reaches out her hands to the needy. She made her ministry imitating Christ and doing and showing up for people and serving Christ through serving others. That's how she lived her life. And serving Christ and serving others that he may be glorified. She was raised back to life to glorify him. Peter knew that that's what would happen because she was about the Father's business. That's what she was about. Years ago, I heard a sermon, and there was a line in this sermon, and it stuck with me for years and years. And uh, most any Bible that you know that I start reading and spending time in, I'll, I'll write it in the cover as a as a as a memory and a reminder of of this text, of this text, and the important thing to learn from the life of of Tabitha, and imitating Christ and being reminded that we are called to be imitators of Christ, that our job is to serve him and to proclaim his name as we love the world or as, as we reach out and we love others. We see them. We see them in their hurts. We see them in our brokennesses. And it's this, and maybe inside the cover of your Bible would be a good place to put it. It's just a short phrase. It's find a need and meet it, and find a hurt and heal it. And if today, you're like, I don't know what the purpose of my life is, okay? I can't can't figure it out. Well, I wanna just encourage you just to lift up your head and just look around at the people around you. Look around at your brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe there's somebody right in this room that they're in a struggle, and they are drowning, Okay? Don't be too busy to care because he does care. Don't be too busy to listen because he would. Don't be too busy to show up the way he showed up for you.